Well, 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 guess who's back? Good to have you back, Chris, but you sound a little different. That's right, Lance. I got in touch with my roots and decided to brush up on a little Southern hospitality. Southern hospitality? I brought some biscuits, made some apple cobbler, made some sweet tea. This episode's going to be delicious. You know it, sugar. (sighs) Great, guys. Now I want pie. Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And today, we're talking about Rogue. Very excited about this. And we have a special guest, Lance. Oh, we do have a very special guest. We have Gliza returning back. Welcome back back. to the show. Uh, You might remember Gliza from our Deadpool episode. Um, it was an amazing episode. Such a fun conversation. We're so excited to have you back, Gliza. And um, welcome back to you as well, by the yes, way. Yes, yes. Thank <laughs> you. I'm excited about coming back. I've been uh, working hard on art projects. I've been uh, doing a lot of D&D stuff and DMing a current season. So I won't be on every episode of season two initially, but I will f- kind of phase my way back in Shadowcat style. Um <laughs> Uh, and I should say this is our special COVID uh, edition of the episode because I have tested positive as of a couple days ago um, of recording this. So I really relate to the character of Rogue because there was a couple days where I was quarantining in my own house, not being able to touch anyone and be around <laughs> anyone and just it sucked. And uh, so I really empathize. And that's my smooth transition into talking about Rogue. Rogue. Amazing. Uh, I'm I this is she's my favorite X-Men I I, uh, I'm super excited about this Uh, I'm with you there she is also my favorite X-Men yay I she is she is up very high in my list of (laughs) X-Men I'll say that well hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about why we love her so much Gliza Mm -hmm. um for for different reasons so um all right let's let's get kick things off with a little bio uh, of Rogue So Rogue is one of the most powerful mutants and prominent member of the X-Men who has overcome a rocky past to become one of Marvel Universe's most powerful heroes. After discovering her mutant ability of power and memory absorption by touch, she started her superhuman life as a villain in the Brotherhood of Mutants. Eventually, though, Rogue joined the X-Men, hoping to learn to control her powers and proved her worth not just as an X-Man, but as a hero for the world. That quality was noticed by her peers, landing her offers to lead her own teams for both the X-Men and the Avengers. Along the way, she's lost her powers, gained her powers, learned to control them, lost control of them, and become completely overpowered. But powers aside, it's Rogue's sassy Southern attitude and powerful presence in comics and some media that has made her one of the most popular X-Men and X-Women, for that matter, and characters in Marvel for the last 40 years. It's crazy to think that she's been around for about 40 years. <laughs> it's crazy to think that a lot of these characters have been around yeah. for much longer than that. too. Yeah. But Rogue seems more recent. And and when we mm-hmm. when I was doing the math, I was like, oh, my gosh, 
40 years. Yeah. But it's fine. You know, it's fine. Gliza, what is it about Rogue that makes her your favorite X-Men character? It's all about um, the the drama. So when I first watched X-Men, I didn't read X-Men comic books. I watched the 90s TV show. And I remember very clearly Rogue being the most interesting character for me there and Gambit. So for a long time, their whole um, <laughs> dynamic you shipped uh, shaped me as an yeah. adult. Uh-huh. Um, I loved uh, Will They, Won't They, and I just... Because of that, because of Rogue just being unable to touch anybody and the whole gambit thing, I just that's that I think was one of my awakenings in life. So Rogue from there just started my whole like, okay, she's my favorite X-Men. Like everybody else is cool, but Rogue is my favorite X-Men just because of the potential of storytelling that um has come out of uh of you know out of rogue the character so she's that's why she's my favorite yeah good answer <laughs> we'll definitely that's... get to, we'll def- definitely get to um the uh animated series uh we're gonna have a discussion yeah <laughs> i think that was kind of the big jumping off point for most x-men fans especially those from the 90s and yep. and like that was that was my introduction to the x-men was the animated series yeah absolutely the x-men theme song lives in my head and it just <laughs> pops out so random randomly it's perfect <laughs> i just love whenever i hear the ringtone from anyone i'm like yes, yes we should be friends <laughs> Well, let's learn a little bit more about the character. So Rogue, uh, also known as Anna Marie LeBeau, that's that's her new made uh, new married name, um, uh, also has a couple of aliases, which we'll go over. So she's also known as Anna Raven, Anna Marie, Carol Danvers, um, which is interesting, but I guess that was maybe like an alias she used, which well, makes sense. It, it was because for a while, Carol Danvers' personality took over. And yeah. so yeah. she just was quote unquote Carol, Carol Danvers. Danvers. Okay, so she she probably just like filled out a four hundred one k or something as Carol Danvers or something. There we go. Um, Doctor <laughs> Kellogg, uh, Mutate nine six zero two, Scarlet O'Hara, Skunkhead, Mister Smith. Um, in other countries, uh, I thought this was kind of cool. She's known as Vampire and Parasite. Like I think, um, like, like the. Uh, Norway or something. She's called Parasite, um, which makes sense, but it's kind of a cool name. Um, she has had many affiliations for different teams and groups. She's been in the X-Men, uh, specifically the Blue Team in the 90s, which many people know uh, about. Uh, she was in Excalibur recently. She's been in Avengers, the Unity Division. She was in the Salvagers, the Advocate Squad, the Extreme X-Men, the XSE and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Evil! So, evil mutants! <laughs> the most evil. Uh, by the way, Extreme X-Men, uh, one of my least favorite titles of the X-Men. I just I do not <laughs> like that run at all, um, but we're not going to get into that. Uh, very many supporting characters. We're just going to touch on a few. Of course, Gambit is right up there. Uh, lover and eventual husband. Uh, Professor X for taking her in, for taking that chance, I think deserves a shout out there. Um, her foster mother, Mystique, another foster mother, Destiny, her night, uh, her foster brother, Nightcrawler. And I'll let you figure that one out. Uh, having a strong 
And also having strong friendships with Wolverine, Colossus, Kitty Pride, Storm, Iceman, Cannibal, Psylocke, Jubilee, and Longshot, among others. From the Avengers, bonded, she bonded with Wasp, Thor, as well as formed a romantic relationship for a short time with Human Torch, and also one with Deadpool. Yeah. Which we'll, which we'll get to. Oh, man. No wonder Gliza loves Rose. I don't, I don't blame her. <laughs> Did your head explode during that, that little run? I was like, all right, cool. Like, <laughs> like, this makes sense to me. This, this is what makes sense now. That was like a Spike and Buffy moment. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So antagonists, uh, we're going to start with Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Miss Marvel, um, for very obvious reasons. Uh, also antagonists uh, include Belladonna Bordreau, which is Gambit's ex-wife. Red, The Red Skull, if you've read Uncanny Avengers, you'll understand that. The Shadow King, Magneto, who was also kind of a lover a- as well, uh, but but we're going to put him with antagonists. The Grim Reaper, a character named Pandemic, uh, how appropriate, Vargas, <laughs> and possibly Proxima Midnight in a recent storyline. She killed her husband, Corvus Glaive, so there might be some repercussions there. And I I added a category, Lance and Gliza, uh, called Frenemies, which are people that she considers friends, but also has a ongoing rivalry with, uh, which includes Dazzler, who she tried to kill as a villain uh, and later becoming an ally with. Uh, the Scarlet Witch, there is a constant sort of I'm going to destroy you uh, when they were in a team together. Mystique and Blindspot, who is a friend from childhood who she was raised with, um, but then eventually became a uh, sort of antagonist with. Powers and abilities. Now, Rogue has a lot, so we're going to try to get through this quickly, but um, I, I'm, I'm encouraging any either of you to bring forth uh, thoughts on these things because there's there's a lot of cool stuff here. So Rogue possesses the mutant X gene, specifically powers to uh, to absorb the powers, energies, memories, knowledge, talents, personality, and physical abilities, or superhuman or not, of another humanoid being through physical skin to skin contact. In absorbing their abilities, Rogue also gains their emotional responses. In some cases, her physical appearance will also change. Contact will usually leave the target uh, of her touch unconscious or drained of energy. So most of the time, these changes are kind of temporary, depending on how long she remains in contact with the target. Although it's not easy, she's been able to absorb multiple powers at once, making her a one-person strike force. And if contact is made for a longer duration, elements of the target's personality can latch themselves onto hers. Although in the past... She has absorbed three heroes' powers semi-permanently, including Miss Marvel, who we talked about, Carol Danvers, Sunfire, and Wonder Man. Although some of these have not stuck around for long, her main power set is usually as follows. She has superhuman strength, superhuman speed, superhuman stamina, durability, superhuman reflexes, hand-to-hand combat, including some acrobatic uh, things that she probably have absorbed from Gambit. Uh, flight from Miss Marvel at speeds in excess of 700 miles per hour from Sunfire while flying. She was surrounded by a fiery aura and could shoot blasts of solar fire, <laughs> which has gone away. Um, here's where it gets crazy. And I didn't know about this because I missed the absorbing of Wonder Man's thing. But um, so when she absorbed Wonder Man's abilities, she can now form. Uh, she has an ionic energy form and is basically made her immortal. Because the ionic energy that empowers her, she presumably no longer ages 
is immune to disease and infection. And this energy sustains rogue physical vitality for uh, effectively than a uh, biochemical process that normally sustains human life. So she no longer requires food or oxygen. (laughs) That's ridiculous. I feel like more and more X-Men are not having to like eat or breathe anymore. Cause like Bobby Iceman doesn't have to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, like there's so, like, there's a, this evolution of the characters. It's just yeah. like, we don't need sustenance. We're fine. Yeah. And now they can't die with this resurrection yeah. thing with Krakoa. So, so at one point, professor X was able to lift the barriers to rogues abilities, mental walls developed over years of using her power. And this allowed rogue to voluntarily use her powers when she wanted to, but that ability went away when she absorbed wonder man. Then, after her wedding to Gambit, her powers were jump-started again, and she was able to leech powers and life energy, not just from touch, but from a small distance away. She lost control of this ability uh, out of fear, but after an encounter with Spiral in Mojo World, she's now able to control both tactile and remote powers. So she can basically take your powers from touch or from further away. Uh, which is which is pretty cool. She doesn't have the Wonder Man thing anymore, but but I thought out of all of that, I thought that was kind of neat just to like give her a little bit more range, you know. Absolutely. Gliza, which one of those power sets stands out to you? It would have to be the one with Carol Danvers just because um, that one, like when I first read about Carol Danvers uh, being absorbed by Rogue and how it, just like the whole the whole storyline for me just stands out it's the one that i remember the most yeah absolutely i it's such an interesting like i guess history of rogue as a character and mm-hmm. how depending on who she's absorbed has really changed her as a person right and i i found a few like fun facts about that that i'll get into when we in just a minute but it was really interesting because there were things i had no clue about which basically changed her personality heel turn it basically like a lot of the times when she absorbs these different people's powers, they don't, she just doesn't get like, like you said that she just doesn't get their powers. They also get their whole personality, their whole, like sometimes memories and she gets confused. And actually that's probably why um, for a long time, she thought she was Carol Danvers because she absorbed so much of her that Carol Danvers herself, it was in a coma um, at that time. Can, can we talk about how gruesome that power drain was in the comics too? Because Carol looks like a mummy. Yep. There was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. There, it, you think of just Rogue touching a character and then it's just they pass out and then she has their powers. But with how prolonged of a touch, it, it literally drains their life essence and just absorbs it into her. Mm-hmm. And it make like you said earlier, Gliza, it, it makes her such a like a dynamic character and so interesting because there's so much that you can do with her and so much that they've done with her throughout the years in the comics that could not have been done with any other character. Yeah, that's why she's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the as far as the powers, since we're just talking about powers, it, it's it's kind of cool. At first, it was kind of like, oh, well, that's just there's nothing original about it. We're just seeing powers that somebody else has had, but, but in a way it's like, it's like taking the same colors that an artist uses and like using them in a different way. Like you, you can have, if you had a character in DC that, that pulled in Superman's powers, 
but they were a villain. And I'm sure that this has been done with like different super villains and Bizarro and whatever. Like you get to see that character in a different light, right? Like what if Superman went bad? What if he was a, you know, like the Red Sun storyline? What if he grew up with the Russians or whatever? It's like it's it's there's all these different storylines where it's like, here's this character, but different storyline, right? So that's kind of what Rogue is. What, why she's so interesting and captivating. That's why I love her so much because it's she takes these abilities and kind of uses them in ways that even the people that originally had them are like, what? How, how did you do that? <laughs> like, wait a second, I could do that. And sometimes it surprises her and sometimes it surprises them. And it's it's always fun to see like, you know, just different uh, manifestations. Like she's absorbed Wolverine and, and gone, you know, berserk and, and like bone claws come out. And she's like, ah, ah, I'll calm down in a minute. You know, it's just, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's always fun to kind of see that. All right, now that we've kind of talked about her powers and abilities, let's go into the archives. So now it's that time where we talk about those creators that developed Rogue. Now, we're going to start off with a heavy hitter, Mr. Chris Claremont. I can't believe we haven't talked about Chris Right, we, we've mentioned him we're in mentioned. other episodes, but yes. we have not covered a character that he created. And it's going to be unbelievably... Uh, difficult for to us to have not covered one of his characters because oh my gosh there are so many so this is a <laughs> truncated version i think we're gonna have a separate episode just on claremont we're just gonna dip dip our toes into the pool of that, that sounds gross dip our tool into the pool of chris claremont's uh life uh mostly that there you go here we're here for your toes chris claremont yes <laughs> we're coming for it Claremont is most notably known for his historic run on Uncanny X-Men from 1975 to 1991. Credited with taking the X-Men series from underperforming to one of Marvel's most popular titles. His character co-creations include, and just be prepared for this, Rogue, obviously, Gambit, Psylocke, Kitty Pride, Phoenix, The Brood, Lockheed, Mystique, William Stryker, Emma Frost, Jubilee, Sabretooth, Sebastian Shaw, Avalanche, Pyro, Legion, Mr. Sinister, and many, many more. Mm, preach. <laughs> I, I feel like we need to turn that into like a music video just with <laughs> naming every single one like, of his characters. Like the, like the uh, end of the uh, world Pokemon as we know monster. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, like the Pokemon rap. We need to turn uh, his rap. characters into that. It needs to happen. <laughs> Claremont scripted many classic stories, including the Dark Phoenix Saga, which has been done multiple times in live action at this point, and Days of Future Past, uh, on which he collaborated with John Byrne. He started out as a political theorist studying acting and political theory as he wanted to become a director. In 1969, he became an editorial assistant at Marvel Comics, which would lead to his first professional writing assignment in Daredevil 102 in 1973. Not much later, he began work on an Iron Fist feature and would be joined by John Byrne quickly after. Marvel editor at the time, Len Wein, noticed Claremont's excitement surrounding the new X-Men created by Wein and Dave Cockrum, resulting in Claremont joining the series in X-Men 94 in 1975. Now, this is the issue which iconically reshaped the entire X-Men team, which is where you saw Havoc, Jean Grey, Angel, Sunfire, Iceman, and Lorna Dane leave the team, while Colossus, Nightcrawler, Storm, Wolverine, and Banshee would join. Now, artist Michael Golden started out in commercial art, 
until entering the comic industry in 1977 with DC Comics working on titles like Mr. Miracle and The Batman Family. In 1978, he co-created Marvel's Micronauts, the comic adaptation of the toy line Mego Micronauts, alongside writer Bill Mantlo. He also created Bucky O'Hare with Larry Hama in 1984. Claremont and Golden would join forces to develop the character of Rogue, who premiered in Avengers Annual 10 in 1981. And man, like talk about right place, right time. I mean, like he he obviously probably didn't know Rogue was going to become what she became. But good job, Michael Golden, for like coming up with, hey, this is we're going to have this interesting looking, you know, strong female force. And it obviously was just enough to stick around uh, to to make it dynamic enough to, for Claremont to be like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to bring her back. Yeah, absolutely. And here's one of a couple of the fun facts I found about uh, Rogue's character within the comics. So Rogue was actually first slated to appear in Ms. Marvel number 25 in 1979. And the artwork for the first half of the story was actually completed. But the book's abrupt cancellation left her original introduction story unpublished for over a decade until it was printed in Marvel Superheroes 11 in 1992 where she absorbed her current powers permanently from Ms. Marvel. So obviously she appeared in 1981, but her original origin didn't show up for another, like it didn't show up for another decade. So her first storyline was actually going to be her like shown absorbing Ms. Marvel's powers. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, mm-hmm. like a proper kind of origin story, but I kind of like how she showed up just like, wait a second, how does she have these powers? And that we kind of find out later, but, but that's interesting. It's so interesting how so many characters just get shelved for just a little bit longer, like only two years. Like she showed yeah. up relatively soon after that, but they, it was two years that we missed out on having one of the greatest X-Men characters of all time. Yep. I will say Rogue definitely might take the prize. Maybe Psylocke or Dazzler uh, would be right behind, but she might take the prize for having the best like range of 80s hair uh, as <laughs> as. as- <laughs> She like started out with like that really short kind of close cropped, like sort of um, early punk, you know, and then she went with the uh, she had the sort of like spike sort of, you know, perm. The and then mm. she went like all curly uh, hair metal kind of like <laughs> it It was it was all over were, the place. It was great. all over the place. Yeah. The volumizer but, was real. <laughs> <laughs> the volume. Yeah, she definitely used the volumizer for sure. Uh, so should we talk about some, uh, some pull list? Yeah. And let's have Gliza go first. What, what storyline do you have for us, Gliza? Um, I, so it was really hard for me to choose. I was going to go, um, originally with Brogue and Deadpool, uh, you know, <laughs> falling in love with each other originally. But then I feel like, you know, that's what everybody expects from me. Like she'll bring that up. So I'm going to I'm going to change it around and I am I'm going to talk about that later in a little bit. I love how in in saying that you also still included that in your pull list. I mean, <laughs> what? I, it's not it's not cheating. Um technically it's not. Uh it's Uncanny Avengers. Uh the the number is uh it's volume 3. 22. Yeah. Um uh, but you know what? That's not my pull list. I just brought it up <laughs> randomly. Um, my pull list is the um, Uncanny X-Men uh, 172-173 uh, when Rogue went to Japan uh, to attend Wolverine's um, wedding that yes. got, you know, that got 
uh, interrupted and all that. Um, the reason why I chose that one, and um, I also asked a couple of my friends uh, on Twitter about this, but the reason why I chose that one was it it really was the first time, I believe, that Rogue was just... Um, it's the first time that Rogue formed this really good relationship with Wolverine. And I really like... Uh, spoilers, by the way, if you haven't read it. Um, I really like the the part where um, Rogue took uh, the bullet or whatever yeah. uh, from uh, for them. And she was like, uh, save your healing powers or whatever to Wolverine. And Wolverine was like, no, I'm going to help you. And it, it was just it was just a nice moment. Um, and I believe that because of that, uh, because of Rogue being there, um, mm -hmm. it started the other X-Men from just, you know, started trusting her and started, you know, believing in her. So yeah. I really like that one. That I think that's a really good uh, pull. Yeah, that's a great story. I mean, it's it's such a. I almost picked that one, but uh, it, it was. It's, it's it's essential to have Wolverine on your side because then mm -hmm. everybody else is gonna like be like, oh well, if he's down, then then we're gonna we're okay with that. Because at that point, all the X Men were like, Professor X, you crazy? Like, why are you letting <laughs> this crazy former villain on our team? Look at her hair; she got a big skunk head, and you know, like <laughs> like it's you know this there was no reason to trust her and she's like okay i'm gonna come along and like her power is literally to take your power <laughs> it's mm. like she should not be on this team and then she's like no no i really want to do good by y'all uh plus great southern accent like how could you not like her? right but uh <laughs> but so and then yeah she takes a bullet she proves to wolverine like I i'm i'm on your side i'm i'm willing to do this and it, it was a bullet jumping in front of Wolverine's wife. Like she, yeah, right. she jumped in to save yeah. Mariko. Yeah. yeah. Which is, which is great. Cause like she was doing it. I, I think it was very not. She just, she wanted to do it. She, yeah. she cared about Wolverine. She cared about uh, the, her friends well-being, her teammates well-being that she would risk her life, not even just for them, but for the people that they loved, you know? Yeah. And if you think about it, like, I know the timeline is kind of fuzzy with Marvel heroes, but this would be like when Rogue is, you know, kind of a teenager. She's still learning to control her powers. She still has all these different emotions. Um, she's probably like 17, 18 at this point, like still trying to figure out. Um, Wolverine has had different like sidekicks, like f younger female kind of sidekick storylines. You had Shadowcat, you've had Jubilee and, and Rogue kind of filled that that role at, at this point. Um, and Wolverine is, it's interesting kind of with him to see uh, him, like just always be the one to be like, okay, yes. Like just, just do this. You, you, I'm going to, I'm going to show you how you're going to have to toughen up and like, and be part of the team. And he, he's done that several times um, with different characters, but I always love that dynamic. We see that again in the, in the live action movie too. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome. Good, good, uh, good pull, Gliza. Yeah. That was also uh, going to be mine until you told me that was your pick. <laughs> I was, um, I was holding myself back from just using the Deadpool one, Uncanny uh, Avengers number twenty-two, uh, in case you guys are interested. But definitely, definitely, that that's definitely not my pull. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna talk about that later. So, um, uh, I'll go next. So mine is kind of assuming that people are listening to this because they like 
rogue, but not just rogue, but the rogue and gambit thing. And this was actually something I read in preparation for this issue. It's not the one I would have picked before this, but after having read it, I was like, okay, I think I'm going to go with this one. So it's the rogue and gambit mini series that came out in 2018. So fairly recently it's written by Kelly Thompson and the art by Pete Perez. And it's a, uh, I want to say four, four or six issue, um, uh, storyline where shadow cat uh, kitty, who's kind of in charge of the X-Men sends rogue and gambit to a Island where there's this like couples therapy kind of thing, uh, with, for mutants and, and for other people. And, um, and but there's like something kind of shady and she's like, I want you to go check it out because there's something happening with it. And she's like, you got to go with Gambit because you guys can pose as a couple. And she's like, well, why don't you and Colossus go? And she's like, I'm, I'm in charge of the team. I can say no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's kind of so at this point, Rogue and Gambit are not dating. She just finished leading the Avengers and she just broke up with uh, Human Torch with Johnny Storm. So at this point they are not together and, and they go down and they had kind of had this like, you know, Rocky past off, off again, on again. And they go there posing as a couple that are in love, but then they go through like actual couples therapy. And so the, the issue not only has the storyline of them figuring out this like brainwashing and everything like that that's happening um, at, in this Island, but it's also kind of has a lot of cool flashbacks uh, illustrated, like when they first met, um, when, you know, different points in their, in their history, like when they were in Antarctica and Gambit convinced, uh, uh, confessed to, um, uh, you know, being the one that, that betrayed the Morlocks and, and, you know, and all these different things that happened in their past that it's kind of seen from a different light, like the other person's perspective, or maybe like a different kind of in between moments that didn't really get written before. Um, like I, I didn't know that they had met, um, the first time they met was they were both under the thrall of the shadow King. And it was in, um, I want to say Madripoor or it was Genosha maybe. Um, and they were both like shadow King puppets and they met and they were like, Hey, we should, we should, uh, you know, fight together. And then because, because of, you know, them being under, under the thrall, they made out like <laughs> that was the first time. And then the first time they met after that, Gambit remembered, but Rogue didn't. So it was like this weird kind of like what, um, which is kind of cool. But it was it's really funny. It's it's well written. There's a lot of weird stuff. Plus, there's a really cool fight where basically they're making um, golems based on the DNA of everybody that's at the island. So there is a great scene where they fight former versions of themselves in outfits from like the the past of themselves, which is awesome. Just seeing like rogue fighting like all these former rogues and gambit fighting all these former gambits and it's it's a lot of fun so i i would recommend that one it's called rogue and gambit um uh 2018 all right my poll is going to be supernovas uh which was written by mike carey and illustrated by chris bachalo who chris bachalo was just announced as going to be the artist on a new moon knight series that's going to be coming out so just keeping in line with the big Moon Knight news that we just had with that trailer drop, which looks incredible. I'm so excited for that. Now, this this series uh, or this this arc called Supernovas is a six issue arc uh, from X-Men Volume 2 and it's issues 188 to 193. Now, this is when Rogue gets to run her own team and the team includes Cannonball, 
Mystique, Iceman, Omega Sentinel, Sabretooth, Lady Mastermind, and Cable. So it, it's quite the uh, eclectic team. And, and I find it funny enough that the only reason Rogue brings Mystique on her team is because she expects Mystique to betray the, betray the X-Men at some point. And she wants to be there for, I'm, I'm loosely quoting, but basically saying it. And so she needs to be around Mystique for when she decides to stab someone in the back so Rogue can then break her arm and make her swallow it. <laughs> so Rogue is pretty brutal in this run. She does not mess around, and I love her very much. Uh, she, in this series, it, it, it shows the uh, ability of Rogue to combine powers as she absorbs multiple at the same time. And very like early on in the very beginning of the storyline, she uh, Cyclops and Emma Emma Frost are both knocked out, and she touches them both to gain their powers, and then turns her hand into diamond, and then shoots the op- optic blast through her yeah, hand yeah. to take out an entire swarm of soldiers. Yes, <laughs> it is so cool. I yeah. loved it so much. And Think outside the box. <laughs> yeah, that's see, and that's what makes me so just enamored with rogue as a character because she has so much potential and there's so many variations of things you can do with her powers. And it's constantly one of those things where you don't know what's coming from the the new writer that has her because they clearly have excitement about the character because she's constantly evolving. I feel like she is a character that every single iteration, there's something new or interesting about her because there's so much to play with there as far as her mythos and, and just inherent, uh, like her inherent nature as a character. So I loved it. it it's a super fun storyline. Uh, I think, I, I think they go up against a group called the children of the vault. If yeah. I'm remembering the name correctly, and I won't spoil who they are, but you should read that series. It's, it's fun and entertaining. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool to see her, uh, evolution throughout the series and, and different mini series and, and become into a position where she's a team leader is really awesome. I, I think I remember the first one is like early two thousands when she sort of leads a team and doesn't go that well. And then this is like another one. And then eventually she becomes, you know, field leader of the Avengers, which is a whole nother thing. And she kind of proves her worth that way. So it's, it's pretty cool just to see like how, how she evolves as a character with her leadership skills. So I have a question. Uh, what is your favorite rogue design? Rogue, rogue has also had a couple different iconic uh, costume changes throughout the years. We have sort of black, all black with a green t-shirt. That was very eighties. That was very like, you know, Joan Jett kind of look. Uh, we, we had, she's had like big, you know, cloaky kind of things. It, it, it very much green is her color, but there's also been, there was like her space uniform, which was like pink and yellow. There was the iconic um, 90s Jim Lee design with the bomber jacket and the green and yellow. Um, there was uh, Chris Bachelor, I think, maybe designed the one with like the green and white, which mm-hmm. was almost like like a like a medieval drapery kind of thing. So there's been a really a lot of really cool designs. But do do you all have a favorite? 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump in. My favorite is the 90s one. It's what I was exposed to for the first time. It is still how I imagined Rogue to be, um, yeah. even though she's appeared in many, many different forms. When I think of Rogue, that's how I think of her with the, the bomber jacket and the yellow and green, you know, uh, leotard. It's just the best thing. Like, that's that's Rogue to me and um and that's the only time i actually like the color yellow and green together um <laughs> when i'm looking at it and it's rogue so i just that that's is the, that's my favorite one <laughs> you don't like hydra bob's uniform no hydra i don't bob. like it <laughs> that's funny uh my mine's easy i am obsessed with x-men evolution rogue i had yeah. such a crush on that character in school she is she's the reason why her and raven are the reason why i had a crush on goth girls in in school uh it's yeah i love that design so much goth girls man i don't blame you her, her first design by the way was like black leggings and she wore this orange sort of long sleeve you know uh blouse and like green gloves and green boots it was not the best and her hair was just kind of like this short flat uh almost like combed backwards it was it was kind of weird yeah um so i'm her glad her first that, hair was not the greatest yeah her first hair first design um i i'm actually gonna go with the, I, I i mean i think my obvious answer would be the the same as glyza's it would be that um it would be the 90s uh jim lee design but to be different, I'm going to go with there's a design that she has this uh, white scarf. Uh, if y'all know, know what which one I'm talking about, it's like mostly green with like white trim. And she has like a white scarf and her hair is in a ponytail. Um, and you know, she's got the uh, her white hair has got like the bangs and she's got her hair pulled back. So it's very like battle streamlined. Uh, but I thought it was a really cool design. The X is on the chest, and and um, it, it's it's uh, it was very, I like that one. I think it was like mid two thousands or something like that. I was almost gonna pick Savage Land Rogue, but I didn't want to be be total obvious. <laughs> uh, that one's a fun, one. but um, but yeah, I, I'd say that that, that is a good one. Green and white. Um, okay, let's uh, let's move on to our Grail finds for Rogue. So Lance, do you have a Grail find? I do. I actually have two copies of this and but it is uh comes with kind of a caveat. Uh me and a, a buddy, Jeremy, who's been on uh the show before, he we have gone into buying collections and in one collection we actually found I, I think we found uh so Avengers Annual number ten, which is Rogue's first appearance. Mm -hmm. And we have since also purchased an additional copy and uh, just because there's been so many rumors about her coming into the MCU. So we wanted to make sure we had copies uh, before she showed up and we potentially might be looking to flip them once she shows up just because it's an X-Men title and they just seem to keep skyrocketing in value. But I also love Rogue, so I'm happy to own a, uh, for now at least, a graded copy of of her first appearance. Yeah, I still got to get that. It's one I don't have. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big one. And and I am very excited because I actually have something that I'm going to hunt down now because I am obsessed with X-Men Evolution. The first time she has that design in the comics, there is an 
uh, issue. So it's X-Men Evolution issue four is the first time she shows up like that. And it's also the first time comic appearance of Spike, who is one of my favorite characters that came mm-hmm. out of that show, who was created just for the animated series. Yeah. So I'm going to be hunting down that entire series, but specifically X-Men Evolutions, X-Men Evolution four because of Rogue and Spike. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I will go next. My my uh, grail find is the first time I read a comic with Rogue in it, and I still own it. Um, and uh, it's Uncanny X-Men 269, and this is called Rogue Redo. Um, and it's by uh, Chris Claremont, and Jim Lee did the artwork for it. And it's basically when Rogue comes back after having disappeared for a couple of years, going into the Siege Perilous, saving, uh, uh, sacrificing herself for all the X-Men. Um, of course, none of that made sense to me. I was just getting into comics and I read this comic and I see this uh, woman who's got curly auburn hair with a white streak and she is naked, <laughs> covered by uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, very... Um, <laughs> Very like Jim Lee, you know, smoke design in, in sort of a <laughs> interesting places, you know, covering up stuff uh, that they need to cover up. And I'm just like, what's happening right now? I'm like looking around like, what what is this? And I'm a young teenager at this point, And this is like, you know, a dream for me. But but I'm reading this and, and Rogue doesn't have any powers when she comes back. She's powerless and she fights a kind of like what you mentioned before, a sort of a, a dream sequence mummified version of of Carol Danvers, uh, Miss Marvel, like, and it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's an okay issue, but I, I think it's, it's my grail find just because it's like the first time I read a story with rogue obviously made a, a big impact. It's a Jim Lee, you know, artwork, which I loved growing up, you know, all the Jim Lee stuff and the, the first, uh, X-Men run, like when he took over volume two of X-Men, uh, in the nineties. So just having that issue, just like, that that is that was um definitely left an impression on me of like who is this character and then she just became super awesome after that so uh and i gotta say that's a single issue i i have to do a quick plug for uh the mini series that i own that i'm that i think is probably the best storyline is when she actually leads the avengers um so she's in the uncanny avengers in volume one uh, which Havoc is the field leader. But then after the second, uh, in the second volume, she becomes field leader. Cap, Cap gives her sort of like, hey, I think you should lead the team. And she becomes field leader. And in volume three, that's the one that features like Deadpool and Human Torch. And and it has some of the, one of the coolest sequences where they, they're fighting Red Skull and Red Skull has them under their thrall. And... And Deadpool actually makes it in there because he's immune to, yes, Glyce is getting all excited. Like, it, this is such a cool, like, sequence of panels, uh, right? Like, so Deadpool has, it shows, like, Rogue's just, like, you know, uh, beating him has up. been brainwashed, beating the crap out of Deadpool. Just Terribly <laughs> beating him up. He's, he's like, just going to an, into a pulp, and he has this bag next to him, and he pulls out Magneto's helmet, pops it on Rogue's head. She stands up, just badass like i've got this you know i know exactly what i'm doing you know she's just gonna uh 
uh, go to Red Skull and it pans to Red Skull. There's a shot of him going like, ah, mine got like he's like, oh, no, <laughs> he's like, it's over. Like, he knows I got to get out of here. <laughs> I can't control her anymore. And it's it's such a cool, uh, cool sequence of events. I love it. It's so cool because it's written by Rick Remender, who yes. also wrote volume two of Venom, which is the Agent Venom series that mm-hmm. they that ran and then after Rick Remender was done with that series Colin Bunn took it over who Colin Bunn has been on our show so it it's such a good he's such a good writer it's unbelievable yeah I love I love that that first and third um uncanny Avengers miniseries I think is, is um awesome. it it's cool for me because um Rogue kissed Deadpool and Deadpool uh lost some of his scars and some of his oh, yeah. um powers a little bit and then uh this one scene where it's like oh you absorbed my crap you deserve better and then rogue is like i don't care what i look like and it was just so yeah nice it was just so beautiful because yeah. wade is very insecure he's very he's he's he i love him so much uh, sorry this is not a deadpool episode but i love him so much um that whenever he's shown kindness he it's always it's always like it, it's great i'm glad yeah. um that that happened and that you know it's definitely not my poll list though yeah well there's a funny line going back to my my poll list which is the rogan gambit thing because they're on the because rogan gambit are on the plane on their way to this couple's retreat and and he's like he's like oh do you want to talk about um how you kissed deadpool because i think i got like a bunch of text about it you know it's really funny mm-hmm. and then she's like first of all I made out with Deadpool. <laughs> That's what it said. I didn't it's just kiss him. I made match. out with him. I didn't him. just kiss him. I made out with him. <laughs> Which it's is, amazing. it's just really funny. It's just, a, it's a very natural kind of conversation, but I love the callback to that because, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And, and Gliza, never apologize for talking about Deadpool because it is, <laughs> I'm not kidding, our most listened to episode. Yes. <laughs> All right. Gliza, what's, what's your grail find for us? So my grail find, like I said, I don't really own a lot of rogue stuff just because I have a brand to upkeep. Like it's only going to be Deadpool stuff. Um, if I add rogue stuff to it, I'm going to be bankrupt. Um, but there is one story. Um, so I didn't start playing uh, D&D until much later in my life. Like I didn't I didn't know any of the classes. I didn't know anything. And my husband was really into D&D, a lot of tabletop RPGs, and he wanted me to start, you know, playing with him. And the first class I chose was Rogue because of Rogue. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I, I think I like this word um, and yeah. I'm going to play this class. And rogues now have become my um, my go to uh, class. If I if I if I wanted to play in a game that I didn't want to think too hard on, like character creation, if I didn't have like if it was like suddenly I I got uh, dropped in, I would always choose to play rogue because it's so easy for me to just get into that mindset of sure. the rogue character. And that is um that is I guess my grail find because I don't think I would have gone through that if i did not actually enjoy rogue the x-man character because there it's very different i understand this but Mm -hmm. the word is the same and that's how you know that's how i chose rogue as my favorite class in the beginning that's how i picked it i love that and i will add on to that 
just the love of the name Rogue and also the character <laughs> is almost why we bought a Nissan Rogue when we went uh, SUV shopping <laughs> like two or three years ago. And I was like, honey, I know we really want a CRV, a Honda, but like, I think we should test drive the, the, the Nissan. Rogue. And she's like, which one? I was like, the the rogue and she's like do you just want to do it because of the x-men i was like i it's supposed to be a good SUV. and we almost got it like legitimately she was like oh and then i was like i kind of backpedals like you know we don't have to get this it's fine like you know. i also have something to add to the whole rogue <laughs> thing because on geekly grind my moniker that i use when i write my articles is rogue, rogue symbiote yep. yeah right. so wait does that mean you want is that like a thing you're that you, like you want rogue and venom want or rogue something the, you want like a a goopy venom rogue? covered rogue oh man like this is getting too no so i just i just like i just liked rogues i i like rogue's name in general and the fact that i view venom as a symbiote going rogue oh but, sure sure yes but i, I just you. like the fact that it's it's the name Rogue has applied to each of us separately for different meanings <laughs> in our life, too. Has Rogue ever been taken over by Venom? I don't know. Uh, everyone at this point pretty much has had a Rogue, a, a symbiote a be, because Rogue? of Colin Bunn's run, the yeah. Venomized and Venomverse. So yeah, pretty much everyone I'm has. Sure it's, I'm sure it's happened, but yeah, I'm going to I'm going to make it my issue. My mission to find that <laughs> all right and while chris goes on the mission to find that let's take a break hey everyone we are lucky enough to be part of a giveaway i happen to come across this incredible instagram page uh it's at suikacraft so s-u-i-k-a c-r-a-f-t and this again that's on instagram and they have these amazing pins and i came across and there's a an oni version of the mighty Morphin power rangers megazord and there's a colored version and a black and gold version and so i ordered them and i contacted the creator and just let him know how much i i loved what they made and said if they ever wanted to do a giveaway through our podcast because they have a lot of nerdy very cool pins uh, that I would ha be happy to help promote them. And immediately they were like, hey, yeah, that sounds like a good thing. So I'm very excited to announce that on February 11th, uh, SuikaCraft will be posting uh, on Instagram. And it, in order to win a set of his, uh, they're called MK Ranger pins, which are basically just Mortal Kombat Ranger hybrid pins. It's a set of four of them. And all you have to do is go onto Instagram, follow SuikaCraft, again, at S-U-I-K-A-C-R-A-F-T. Follow them on, on Instagram. Follow us at CBKCast on Instagram. And then all you have to do is in the comments, tag someone that you would also think would like to uh, win these incredible pins. And then also, if you happen to share it as part of your story, then you have the chance to win an extra pin and it's of like an Oni version of Evangelion and it is super cool. So if you want a chance to win those incredible prizes, go ahead on February 11th to at SuikaCraft on Instagram. The best way to support us is by leaving a rating and review. A five-star rating goes a long way on Apple Podcasts and a review about what you liked in the episode does so much more. We hope you enjoy the show as much as we love making it. 
You can find us on social media at Twitter and Instagram at CBKCast. Comic Book Keepers is hosted by The Geekly Grind. Stop by The Geekly Grind for all things geeky from comics, anime, and manga to board games, video games, RPGs, and more. Take a break from your weekly grind at The Geekly Grind. And don't forget to check out our good friend and composer of our theme song, Arcane Anthems. Our friend Weston makes royalty-free music for tabletop role-playing games, campaigns, streams, and podcasts. Check his amazing work at Arcane Anthems on Twitter, TikTok, as well as finding all of his music available for free on his Patreon at Arcane Anthems. Now back to the issue. Yeah, violin stabs. Right? Yeah, it's it's so it's so iconic at this point. Just just the theme song alone, but also just the run of the characters. And if y'all didn't know already, like they Disney Plus announced in one of their recent you know media blitzes is like is that animated series is being brought back in some form i think in like 2023 uh it's going to be called x-men 97 i think yeah which is the year that the cartoon series originally ended ended. yeah so it's going to sort of i guess pick up from there after the fourth season Mm -hmm. so that should be really interesting it's um i'm looking forward that that's 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 the power of just the internet and geek culture of just like, Hey, there's so much love for this version of the show and we're going to bring it back in some form. So I, I can't wait. Um, it's going to be really cool, but I'm ex- I'm excited to hear Gliza's reaction to that series when it comes back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be so excited. Um, I love, I love, I love that X-Men. That's how I, that's how I remember X-Men. That's how I, um, when it, when Disney plus first came out, I rewatched all of it, all yeah. of the episodes. I know it wasn't in the right order, but I rewatched it. Um, before the Disney plus came out, I, uh, legally obtained it from a legal source, yes. Yes. uh, and watched it legally, yeah. uh, on my computer and was very happy with it. But yeah, 90s X-Men. That was my favorite show. Yeah. And I have a great, uh, I think I mentioned this maybe in a, previous in the storm episode i have a a uh, making of that show book um which goes over like storyboards and it shows like character designs of throughout all four seasons and all kinds of panels and stuff and um i I, i've i was exposed to rogue um several times through the comics before the show but i think seeing her and 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 seeing like hearing her accent just like just being executed so well and just like the sugar and all that stuff like that. Just how can you not love this character? She's, she's sassy and fun and she doesn't take any crap, but she's also like extremely vulnerable. And I think this, um, if you didn't get it in the comics, like this really nailed it. Like, like the, uh, the, the cartoon just left an impression on so many for, with, with a lot of these characters. Um, Maybe not Jubilee, but uh, but mo- most of the characters people think, like Jubilee. I love yeah, Jubilee. Some, I, she was all right. All right. So yeah, I mean, I, I do too. But uh... <laughs> do you, Chris? 
Do you love Jubilee? I, I like Jubilee, the character. <laughs> I didn't like her in that cartoon. I thought she was. Uh, we talk about Jubilee. We can do a Jubilee episode. Jubilee has been redeemed and she's a vampire and it's great um, in the comics. Uh, but Rogue in this in this show was fantastic. And uh, she is a main character in all four. Well, in the first three seasons and most of the fourth seasons, all the fourth season gets a little gets a little weird. But, um, but yeah, I thought it was it's really interesting. Obviously there's, there's some great stuff with her and, uh, and Gambit, um, you know, being both on the team and they, they draw heavily on the Jim Lee designs and, and a lot of the main storylines from the comics. Um, but just, it, it's a fun, they, they just really did a great job with the character, um, in that. So it's probably my, like yours, Gliza, it's probably just the, the one that stands out as I think is like most important, culturally for rogue being brought to light um much more so than the live action movie I, and we'll kind of mention that in a bit but i think just as far as rogue becoming a cultural like hey i know who she is and she's awesome um man they really like they they put her in a in a good light during yeah. that, that cartoon um a random uh random thing about that x-men uh series uh Deadpool makes an appearance. Um, yes, yes. That, we, I think we just talked a quick about this, one. Right? We did, and I just wanted to bring that up because we are talking about it, and I I wanted to bring it yeah, up again. <laughs> for sure. Right. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I do want to give a quick other little shout out uh, of the other media adaptation, which is Marvel versus Capcom Two, and I think this is another like you know in in the home console like I think it was maybe. PlayStation or I, I think I had it on PlayStation where um, and, and also in the car in the arcades where you had, uh, you know, Marvel versus Capcom and then you had like X-Men versus Street Fighter and Rogue was a playable character in that. And and she's just, you know, I want to say fun to fight with. I mean, she's she's like as a lot of these characters are like Wolverine and and having these different characters, but like um, just the the fun designs of, of the Street Fighter kind of design. And in, in this one, it was like the the Capcom character design was was really fun. So I think seeing like that and having Rogue in that in that game was was really cool. Anyway, guys, do you have another uh, adaptation of Rogue that stands out to you? Um, I mean, probably the movies. Um, I don't know how I feel about Rogue in that movie. Uh, in those movies, just because. She's very different from mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. from that rogue uh you know uh from the TV show uh rogue but there was one scene that really uh that I really remembered was it was when everyone was like maybe we should get cured and not get our powers and um I believe it was Storm that said this is not a this is not a curse or this is not a disease to cure and then rogue is like maybe I'm very much um, paraphrasing here. It's just how I remember because I haven't watched it in a long time. But Rogue is like, maybe I don't want these powers. Maybe I want to, you know, not have them. And that for me, I still remember it to this day because there are so many things like maybe there are some superhumans that, you know, um, it, it's it's a nice it's a nice look at the other side of like maybe they never really considered this superpower that they have as a as a blessing and it's been a curse to them and i like that they explored that in the movie that yeah. was the third movie yeah mm -hmm. yeah 
and and it's it's interesting just because so those live action X Men movies like that first it X Men is what made a lot of people turn their heads and be like wait live action comic book adaptations can be like this so it it has its place and and uh, Rogue is played by Anna Paquin and so obviously those movies started X Men came out in two thousand then we had X Two X Three Last Stand Days and Days of Future Past to the point where there's a an additional version of Days of Future Past that is legitimately called the Rogue Cut. Mm-hmm. And there's there's like scenes that were taken out and redone because in the original Days of Future Past, there's just like an end credit cameo scene of Rogue, but they had filmed all this other additional footage that made her a much more important character to that storyline. So definitely, I, I also am not the greatest fan of how Rogue was portrayed in those films, but I agree with you, Gliza. I really did like that scene and and. Mm-hmm the way rogue made the other X-Men think about, Hey, this like your power might be awesome. You literally control like whether you're incredible. I can't touch my boyfriend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it hit hard. And I, I really did like that scene. And I think Anna Paquin did a great job of bringing to light what was written for her. Yeah. But it just wasn't the rogue that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I that's that's a perfect way of putting it, Lance. Is, is it at the time I was like, this is great, and all these characters are great, and I, like there were some that hit better than others, and that was definitely one of those like, well, this is different version of Rogue, but I get what they're doing here. They're doing this sort of dramatic, sort of this would really suck, but there's nothing fun about the character. Um, in retrospect, it's just like it's she just you never see Rogue smile <laughs> like it, it, she's just she's just like i am just constantly in pain and i don't i hate anything. everything i hate everything and she kind of you know has a relationship with Iceman, but it's very much like a teenage sort of don't touch me kind of thing you know and you just feel you just feel bad for her the entire time and it's it's hard it's hard to compete with how well they did it in the 90s uh, TV show with Gambit. They did the same thing of like, you can't touch me, but it's better. Um, So that's why, like, I think that's why the Rogue Iceman story sort of like um, fell off. Just, it just, it didn't, it couldn't compare to the, to the, the will they, won't they of Gambit and a Rogue of the 90s TV show. Well, it just kind of makes an argument for like the, the first, like Rogue just figuring out her powers and being a runaway and like, we don't really want to see that. Like if if they do it in the MCU, uh, we want her already having her powers. She can't be the, the, the audience entry into the X-Men like, like, like Jubilee was, you know, in the, in the cartoon and shadow cat was in like the eighties and, you know, and um, other, other people of like, I'm a new mutant. And I, you know, it's like, they can't be rogue. Like she already has to be like, uh, She's already established. Everybody powers. already knows who Rogue is. Yeah. We don't need yeah. an introduction. Yeah, I, I know. We don't need another Spider-Man origin movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think they're going to do that with her uh, next time <laughs> around. But but uh, it's definitely going to be fun to see like what they do and and how they do it and like seeing a live action like fun flying uh, sassy Southern version of Rogue um, is is that I can't wait to see it. Yes, I think please. it's just. It's going to be super cool. Lance, I know you have, we know what your favorite is, but go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. uh, X-Men Evolution. It came out in 2000, ran to 2003. 
I was obsessed with this series. I have brought it up multiple times on the show. I absolutely love the design. I love the animation. And Rogue was one of my favorite characters for that entire series. Her personality was uh, just like really captivating. I loved her, the storyline that they also played along with where she was kind of with the like the quote unquote brotherhood of evil and she was with the bullies of the school for a bit and then she came over and started being more with the the x-men at the x-mansion and i just love her character development in that series and uh the voice actress was fantastic megan black who also played an elf in the movie elf with will ferrell uh yes that's on her credited list i thought that was funny uh, but yeah, I absolutely love X-Men Evolution, and uh, I need to do a rewatch of it very soon. She is, uh, Rogue is also in the the Wolverine in the X-Men, since we're talking about all the animated versions. She's she's kind of a cool character in that one, because she actually is a undercover spy uh, with the Brotherhood. And she, she is kind of shown as like, oh, I'm going to go undercover and like act evil. But then she comes back and like, you know, informs, you know, what Magneto is going to do and everything. So um, I like, I really like her character design in that one. It's very much more like mature rogue. She's, she's a lot cooler. She's not like sassy hip rogue, but, but it's a, uh, it's, it's a fun different take on the character. If you haven't seen Wolverine on the X-Men, it's, it's chef's kiss. Good job. So now it's time for what if. What, what if. if? Each issue, we do what nerds do best. We share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love. And this time, we decided to do What If Rogue's Powers Continue to Mutate and Evolve? Uh, I am very excited to hear both of your ideas. And uh, Gliza, as our guest, how about you go first? All right. So um, my what if is I want her to be more powerful uh, to the point that she no longer needs to touch people to absorb their powers. It ha- it it could just be a line of sight, and that's how she becomes the most powerful X Men, and she'll become a villain because that's just how it is with um <laughs> if you have unlimited power. So she's just gonna go back to her villainous ways, and then people are uh you know uh, X Men were are gonna work hard to bring her back and have a redemption arc, and it's perfect. That's how. My what if is I just want her to become the most powerful and she doesn't even have to touch people uh, to suck their powers away. It's perfect. That's really interesting. Kind of like a kind of like a uh, Scarlet Witch sort of. Yeah. Redemption arc of just like, I can't stop it. <laughs> that would that would be I'm surprised they haven't done something like that where she just continues to absorb without control. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm now they've done similar things to that but like yeah something to like where it's just it just keeps happening keeps happening keeps happening but that would be really fun i could totally see in this universe like magneto has been killed or murdered and there Mm -hmm. needs to be like a person to fill that role and she kind of takes that role and i would love if she got the magneto helmet again too yeah (laughs) so yes please So I see the evolution and continued mutation of Rogue to be something that uh, will kind of give her a full circle type of story. And with that, I had the idea that she would be able to, rather than 
uh, just taken powers and we've seen her like i talked about in in the supernova storyline she took in multiple powers at the same time and used them as like a combo move with turning her hand into diamond and then shooting the optic blast through it i see her doing that but having the ability to take powers and then give them to other mutants as well and so basically taking a, a portion of one X-Men's ability and combining it with another to allow for really cool combinations. So if they go into a fight, that if there's a certain task that needs to be done, it's not just, let's say, Kitty going through the wall and then just being able to just phase through things. But then she can also have more of a an offensive ability at that point, too. Maybe she gets the optic blast, or maybe she can get a, a little bit of Colossus's armor and be able to punch really hard with, like, a solid, like, solid armored arm. Like, there's a lot of different combinations I could see that happening with. Or something as simple as uh, there's uh, trying to share, like, a healing factor. And I like the idea the ability that rogue has developed of not having to touch someone to share the ability. She just has to be within a vicinity. And so if somebody starts to get injured, if he, if the X-Men healer is around, she can then kind of use that power on another mutant, or she can share healing factor like Wolverine's healing factor with an, with a mutant that is also injured. And I feel like it takes her from being this character that was afraid to touch people in the beginning because she was afraid of hurting them and she isolated herself to turning her into a character that all of the mutants want her around her all the time because she's the ultimate support character. Anything they need in an instant, she's able to share that ability that they need specifically at that time. And it also gives her the ability to allow for so many different mutants to try out other people's powers and combine them. And I think it could just make for a very cinematic style story. Hmm. She becomes the the bard. <laughs> yeah. Of, of the theme. I just love her. I just love the idea of the character that was the outcast becomes the big support character for yeah. the X-Men. I think that would be so much fun yeah. to see. That'd be fun. I, I, I had something kind of similar to that but still kind of keeping a little bit of a tragic vibe <laughs> to it like like you know rogues always had this sort of like oh i i empathize with her because i was that kid that you know like no one wanted to get near me for uh, for whatever reason and you know like i think a lot of people read rogue and they're like yeah i get you girl like it's i understand i've i've, I've been through that portion of my life or whatever where you feel like just isolated um, like with COVID, uh, <laughs> but, um, but mine, mine was her, she would have her powers evolved to where she would completely be able to drain a power set away from somebody permanently. Like, you know, like now you no longer have that power. Like, and I know there's been mutants where they can like just depower somebody, but with proximity, um, and there's been, um, like even Jeez. Rogue has wanted the the serum, like the cure, right? Like there's a whole storyline even in the movie about like her getting the shot and the cure. But like, what if she got that ability of just like, I can drain your power, but if I keep contact with you, I can drain it and it goes away completely. So without you know, killing then, them, without killing them. Yeah. She's was, the avatar. <gasps> just yeah, like, yeah, get in right? the right place. No more firepower for you. <laughs> Or like the, the the ones from the Avatar where they can like take away bending, you know, like the, the characters is like I can I can take away your bending. It's like, what if she gets that thing? But but also similar to yours, Lance, I was like, what if she could deposit it in some sort of like reserve tank? Not not necessarily like I didn't think about 
putting it in some other person, but sort of like um, a like, battery. Like a, yeah, something like there's a thing in D&D called the Pearl of Power where you can like save a spell slot, essentially. Yeah. So like what if she could take, you know, Angel's wing uh, flying ability and store it somehow in some sort of like thing. It's um, like an external hard drive. <laughs> and we're like, I'll give this back to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then and then at the right moment, they like they break it open or they like bite down on a capsule and it's like, psh, and then they... You know, and then somebody else gets that's so it's cool. kind of similar to yours, but yeah. but it's almost like a storage kind of thing. Yeah, I I see that happening with you know like the horror stories of someone's like I had three bitcoins on this flash drive <laughs> and then I lost it. There's just they're gonna she's gonna take like Professor X's power and then they're going to lose that hard drive and just oh, no. go to the uh. local dump and just search forever and not find it. Oh, that'd be fun. It's like like she would be able to take those power sets like just in case somebody loses their power and then they'd be like oh take one of those things and then like some students <laughs> would find the stash and they'd be like wait what did you take i just bit down on a wolverine and a jubilee and a psylocke at the same time man uh, just a too little much. bit like, at a time and just putting it in like oh i need some wolverine powers one. right now <laughs> yeah there, there could i think there would be some hilarity and uh hijinks with rogues stored abilities you know being able to take the ability away from somebody or like take it and not just use it herself but but like have have somebody else use it or even like give it to an avenger like maybe it's not even a mutant you know or give it to some other hero like that'd be that'd be really interesting yeah that's amazing i love it (laughs) well we have spent quite a bit of time talking about Rogue. So, Gliza, how about you tell us a little bit about your show and where the people can find you Yay. and what you have coming up? Um, So, Classical Adventures, for one, is my podcast. It is still my podcast um, since we last talked about Deadpool. Uh, season two is still in the works. Uh, season one is available uh, uh, everywhere you find podcasts. It's all about Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Um, season two is going to be about uh, Hercule Poirot and Agatha Christie. So keep an eye out on that. I'm just working on it. Um, I also have an audio drama that I'm working on called Nightmare Hunt. Uh, it's going to have a lot of um, different nightmares come to life. Imagine Pokemon, but scarier and it's horror. And I'm um, sold. Uh, so keep an eye out on that. I'm working on it. Um, I'm also working on another podcast called Chewing Gum for the Brain. Um, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, it's already uh, the first episode is out. It's basically uh, three people uh, breaking down reality TV, uh, one from the view of a psychiatrist and one from a uh, view of a linguistic major um, and me, the trash panda that just enjoys reality TV. <laughs> um, so it's going to be a lot of smart uh, words and me going, yeah, but look what, what she's wearing, though. Um, so that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be chewing gum for the brain. Keep an eye out for that. Um, you're the the pedestrian on the street (laughs) exactly um and then i am on a lot of shows um on twitch um i am on lords of faerun uh that happens every saturday i'm on uh fractal destiny uh that should appear in march uh or whenever that you should that you'll see it uh when it appears um i'm on um I'm on a lot of uh, TTRPG shows playing many different characters. Uh, you can find all of them in bio.link forward slash classical Gliza. I also uh, run games on my own channel. Um, the most, uh, the one that's coming up the most is uh, Heart for Soul, which is a modern retelling of 
Orpheus and Eurydice's uh, tragic story of when um, Orpheus tried to save Eurydice's from the underworld. So it's going to be a modern retelling of that. Uh, it'll uh, be it'll come out on uh, February 13 uh, on Twitch.tv forward slash Classical Gliza. I think that's a majority of what I'm doing. Gliza just putting the rest of us to shame. <laughs> I thought I was busy. Yeah. I and just to throw this out here too, like we we love having you on here, Gliza, but Gliza is also legit one of our friends. She came to Spider-Man No Way Home premiere with us yeah. and we love hanging out and doing game nights and just we're just very uh, grateful that you were able to come on and and record this episode about Rogue with us. I love Rogue and I'm I'm so happy that we did this. Yes. Can't wait for the next character too. We love having you, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> had to yes you did you you did it's time to close the book on rogue so until next time this is chris and this is lance and this is gliza reminding you to keep your friends close but your comic books closer 